G'day, listener. Yes, you, the individual, not listeners. The bloke gave me some advice the other day, just saying you have to welcome people individually, not as a collective. So, so mate, if you're listening, I've taken it on board. Look at, look at me go. Anyway, today, your go-to mining podcast, Life of Mine, we have for you my second interview with one of the Entech crew. Though this bloke has been a part of the interesting expansion aspect of Entech, namely R Vista. Now I'm talking about Evan McKern. Now Evan has 20 years mining experience through various engineering and management roles all around the country. And since his commencement with Entech back in its early conception, he and alongside Shane and Tristan and the crew have worked on many exciting projects. So in 2012, Evan along with Shane, they started up the aerial and terrestrial surveying business named R Vista. Now R Vista provides your general mine surveying services but it's bread and butter is it's UAV aerial surveying and in this episode we go into great depth about the side this side of the business. Now some of the detailed graphics that these UAVs can provide are simply amazing. Now I've seen I've seen it for myself today in the Entech office these the graphics are that detailed that pit walls can be geologically and geotechnically mapped using these images from the UAVs and it's it look it's just unbelievable it's something that you can you just have to see for yourself it's amazing technology anyway you're about to hear plenty more about these UAVs and Evan's career so here we go uh, something a bit different we're now venturing into the survey territory let's get into it Mate, we're on the round two interview. I've just uh, we're on the production line in the Entech <laughs> office today. I've just come from an interview with your mate Trizza, and we're on to the the survey man of the company. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Matty. Yeah, good. Thanks for having us on. Oh, absolute um, pleasure. Just uh, yeah, feeling a bit underqualified for the podcast. Very modest, but, mate. Um, Not at all. Yeah. You, you, well, we've got an hour to um, prove prove your qualifications mate so <laughs> mate you'll be a bloody movie star by the end of it we we're just having a yarn before this uh uh ev's got a good idea he reckons i should go uh go go right into the bloody media side and get a bit of a doco going for uh mining or uh, maybe a discovery channel project mate that would be fantastic you've yeah. officially got a 20 percent share if it takes off yeah. mate. <laughs> we'll get you we'll get you a mine spec ute and oh. uh you can travel the country be fantastic yeah good with that but it's like yeah. the mixture of the troy dan russell coit of yeah, underground yeah. mining mate yeah. <laughs> magic just even we always say it and and everyone i've spoken to say it's just having that turning the mic on when you're having these combos with the foremans and and all that just the story there'd be a lot of editing involved <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah. and it'd be probably rated r but oh it'd be it would be classic that'd be it'd great, be great. Yeah. Just what did we say? I did speak to someone to be the lighting. It's getting the lighting and the imagine walk around with that big bloody you know, the big fluffy bloody sound thing that they have to walk around with. Oh anyway, you well look, you heard it here first. We might look back on this in a few years and look yeah. this was the inception, buddy, of the uh you'd have to get free NTech would have to get free sponsorship based on <laughs> based on that idea, mate. Oh now Evan, you're um you're a great New South uh, UNSW U, or University of New South Welshman like myself, mate. Uh, we've, yep. we've got to fly the flag early on. When you were you were probably a 
well before me, mate. Yeah, when so when I, were you there? I started in 96. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in New South Wales, in Griffith. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, we're back where the mafia was back then, back, mate. That's, that's the place. <laughs> yep, that's the one. And, um, yeah, so I ended up at, at uni in, in Sydney at UNSW and uh, had, had a pretty good time there. Yeah. It was fantastic, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we had the, there was a... I think it was my ex-missus, actually, but uh, the Woodsides from Griffith, Cam, uh, Cam Woodside, his name, he's a farmer there, he owned a plane and everything. Yeah, we did yeah, go down right to Griffith right. for a bit, beautiful okay. spot of the yeah. world. Yeah, I'm name dropping here. So. <laughs> <laughs> how was the, uh, so how long had the, when you did go to UNSW, how long was the mining engineering faculty, was it pretty new back then? Or no, no, it's before? an old one. Is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's been, it's been around for, for a long time. Yep. Um, yeah, sort of one of the sort of handful of mining schools around the country. Sort of UNSW, obviously Wasm and Uni of Queensland. There aren't too many. Yeah. But uh, yeah, UNSW has been around for a while doing the mining. Yep. Um, yeah. Pretty pretty high. Yeah, was it a pretty high? I know when I was there, pretty high focus on coal compared to underground uh, metalliferous when you were there. Pretty no, I'd say it's probably pretty evenly split um, between the coal and the and the metal side of things. Yeah. Um, I, I decided pretty early on that coal mining wasn't for me mm. after a, yeah. after a, a field trip to the to some coal mines. But um, yeah, I, my focus was sort of on the metal mining most of the way through. Yeah. And where where'd you do? Did you get much back work? Throughout your uni time, through I did, um, I did, I did some vac work in in the Hunter Valley with Dino. Okay, and yep. we were um, doing a lot of explosives testing, which was bloody good fun for a student engineer. Yeah, right. So and, like um, uh, under surface operation, underground, or yeah, both, just or? surface on yeah, surface yep. doing uh, testing on all sorts of explosives products that they were trying out. Yeah. Um, and then also did vac work up in the Northern Territory at um, at MacArthur River. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And is that where you, then you later, when you graduated, you later worked at Mac River? Is that, was yeah. that your grad, your yeah, grad role? Yeah, was so it? when um, when I finish, finished up, I went up, up to the Northern Territory and yeah, got, I was, um, got a job with MIM on their graduate program. And uh, I was at the MacArthur River mine, which these days is a big, big open cut. But uh, at that time was um, was an underground mine. Um, it was uh, it was all room and pillar. So we were yep. doing about one and a half million ton a year just from jumbo development. Oh mining. really? Shit. Um, so lots of jumbos. Yep. And just doing lots and lots of development. It was a bit of a rabbit warren. Yep. Um, but that was that's um, interesting. Th- th- that was a yeah, it's a good mine, and um, you know we, there was yeah. Got it. Got exposed to a lot of, lot of new things there that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. And um, look, before we move on to like how how, how you excelled in your uh, in your vac work, uh, in, sorry, in your grad underground time. That take us through because I haven't done much room and pillar. When you, well, I guess what's the process? Is just a big a big checkerboard sort of pattern, and eventually they just strip the pillars out and remote them. Like I know it's a, probably probably not as simple as I'm thinking it in my head. Well, it wasn't too it wasn't too complicated. I mean, it was uh, it was basically uh, developing a lot of parallel 
ore drives yep. and then stripping the walls out on either side, leaving a pillar here and there. Okay, yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, you'd end up with um, some pretty big open voids yep. uh, with a few little pillars scattered amongst them. Uh, we were mining a, an ore body that was about only, you know, say three to five metres thick generally, so yep. about, about drive height. Yep. And very, um, very flat, I assume, is the... Relatively flat, um, yep. although we did have one part of the mine <clears throat> where it, it was a lot more steeply dipping and uh, we had a dedicated uh, up-dip mining crew. Um, oh, so, yeah, bringing so in the big a, guns for yeah, the... Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was actually... So we had um, Mancala doing that. Yep. Um, and they had a little single-boom quasar jumbo with a winch on the front and they'd uh winch and, and track mounted and they'd uh winch the jumbo up the drive oh really and um bore out a cut and so it's, it's the, same, the same sort of room and pillar method but yep. uh going straight up dip sort of probably i don't know 30 odd degrees that's very impressive it, yeah, yeah. yeah so is that like and you say that all that area you were mining back then, that's all been consumed by an open pit now. Well, at the time, we were, we were mining um, this number two ore body, it's called a very, um, very high grade lead zinc uh, ore body, you know, really huge zinc grades. And we were mining that at, the, at a time when zinc was worth nothing. So <laughs> it was, uh, we, I wouldn't say really made any money, but um, yep. uh, these days, um, it's yeah the, the underground is no more it's it's, it's quite a large or it's, it's a very large open cut operation these days yeah mac river who, who owns that who runs that now it's, um that's extrata oh, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so which is glen glen yeah yeah yep, that old mob yeah so, so how'd, you, how'd you enjoy your underground time mate and it was it was it your your cup of tea loved it yeah I, no i did really enjoy the underground time um so i did sort of all the usual Bits and pieces over the year, you know, nipper, truck driver, bit of bogger time and lots of charge up. Yep. Um, pretty pretty lucky to get bogger time these days too in the underground time because it's not a, a, a fixed part of the requirements. It's yeah, yeah, people that get bogger time pretty actually lucky to get it, I reckon. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I only did a little bit of it. But, oh, um, just bloody add, add a bit yeah. of GST, mate. That's yeah. the whole purpose yeah. of this interview, mate. Three months. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, did a lot of the a lot of charge up. Uh, it was a hot mine, you know, being a hot yeah, um, northern territory climate, and uh, we had very average vent to say the least most of the time. So, um, you know, I've got got um, pretty pretty clear memories of uh, um, ch- development charge up in these headings with very little vent and sucking yeah. in the the diesel fumes from the Getman, and yeah. uh, but it was all good fun. Any, um, uh, any, we've had a few chats about heat and um, Bowdo gave us one of his sort of close calls. You have many, did you cook yourself, like do a job on yourself with the heat ever or you're pretty, pretty no, resilient to it usually? No, no, never, never, uh, never had any major heat issues myself. Yep. Um, we, there was, it was a very wet mine. We had a lot, a lot of parts of the, of the, the old room and pillar areas were, full of water so um you know every now and again between headings we might jump in for a quick dip cool off yeah <laughs> head off to the next heading <laughs> half your luck eh? um 
Nej, probably. The, I, I did have a. Um, I, I did did come a cropper with a rock for at MacArthur River. That was yeah. That was the only only thing there. But uh, so that that uh, that took me out of action for a few months. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, that's no good. Well, did you have any? Um, I guess being a being an engineer, we're 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 all succumbed to some um, engineer sort of. Uh, Moments, I guess you'd call underground. Truzo, I hit Truzo up. He re- his one was uh, he he smashed. Uh, he reckons he was charging a charging a cut, and the info hose flicked out, and it, it didn't hit him. It hit the other bloke. <laughs> Funny, did you have any? Um, I guess oh, any any sort of equipment damage you you can claim from back uh, in your days? <laughs> possibly, there might have been a couple. Um, I, I, I do remember one occasion when I was the nipper. And I had the uh, I had the Ute um, well and truly overloaded with <laughs> split sets mesh and uh, hydraulic oil, and uh, in in these room and pillar workings we had had these um, ramps like sort of switchback ramps that you'd sort of you'd you drive up into a bay and then you reverse up the next bit and you you sort of get. Um, quite high up these ramps you'd look over the edge and be quite a quite a big drop off and i remember one one day going reversing back down one of these ramps full of full of all the gear <laughs> and that uh, got a bit too close to the edge and there's that feeling when you know you, you're going over the edge and yeah uh, yeah sure sure enough i went over oh and, really um, shit <laughs> ended up ended up down the bottom with uh split sets and mesh everywhere and the, the ute on its side oh and, Ducked around the corner and uh, got the the nearest bogger operator, and we flipped it back up and we <laughs> chucked all the stuff back in. No one ever knew about it. Just, oh, just that, cost cost me a few beers that night at the wet. That's wetness. what I was about to ask. It's one of those moments you stand there and you're like, right, how can I cover this up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that you, you're supposed to report every incident, obviously, <laughs> but look, the automatic thing that goes through your head is like, right, how am I going to get out mm. of this? That's pretty. That's a pretty. That's a, mate. If you can cover. Good thing up, when like, you're under, when you're underground. You're, uh, it's, it's all dark and there aren't yeah. too many people that can see what's happening. <laughs> You've got half a chance. Oh, it, it is a great being able to get it off your chest now. I know you're not going to get in trouble for it <laughs> after all those years. Yeah. Oh. So, mate, let, take us through then, I guess, where you went with your engineering, your, I guess your tech services sort of things once you finished your your underground time. Where'd you head to after that, mate? Yeah, well, I spent I, I spent a few years at MacArthur River. So once I'd finished my underground time there, I did a few of the, the usual sort of roles, yep. uh, ventilation and a bit of uh, planning production type stuff. Um, but then I, after MacArthur River, I went on to um, to the CSA copper mine at Cobar. Yeah. Spent, uh, spent nearly five years there. Um, and that was a... That was a fantastic place to work. Um, very another very we're talking about Telford, which was some very historical joint, isn't it? Like yeah, massive very, been going on forever, hasn't been, it? Yeah, yeah. Deep deep mine. Yep. Very, very old. Um so yeah, I and had various roles at CSA. So it started out there in drill and blast. Um and then sort of other oh, production and planning roles and and yeah. um tech services tech services superintendent yeah. at, at the time that i finished there so yeah. what, what was your i guess what was your engineer and bread and butter mate you, you covered all the roles what did you i guess what did you do, excel at 
Um, what did you believe you were the best? <laughs> Other people mightn't, but you, you, where was your confidence lying? <laughs> um, probably, probably felt most sort of uh, the drill and blast production type um, roles is, yep. is probably where I spent most of my time. Yeah. So. Um, yep. And yeah. you have a pretty big exposure to like varying stoke shapes, sizes. Like you did a bit, did your narrow vein, your bloody ups and downs, bit of everything did, there. Well, um, yeah. I mean, um, CSA was um, um, pretty sort of standard long long hole open stoping. Um, um, obviously, been exposed to the room and pillar prior to that. And mm. then um, that's a good one because uh, a lot of people probably haven't done. Oh, I haven't done room and pillar. Like it's, it's interesting the way you explained it. it. Isn't how I thought it would be. Like it's just totally different to what I think. Maybe I was thinking yeah. of a bloody coal mine or something. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's totally different the way you explained it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. Um, I guess it's a method that can change a lot from one mind to another depending yeah. on the you know the, what the all body's like. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and um, I guess then heading towards your. Your later years, I guess when you, I guess when your FIFO life was uh, heading towards when your FIFO life was ending, uh, you had a probably a pretty challenging and both end rewarding while role at Gualia as the uh, yeah. underground manager there. That would have been um, yeah. that would have kept you on your toes, I assume, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a that was another good um, good few years or so that I had there. Um, so I I, I um, uh, actually Shane McClay employed me. Uh, into that into that uh, job from Cobar so, yep. so from Cobar doing sort of the residential thing over to over here to WA and yep. uh, doing FIFO uh, to Gualia so that was your um, first first move to Perth I assume yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that was in 2007 yep um, um, since then I've married a Perth girl so I'm here to stay now. Yeah, <laughs> aren't we all? That's me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah no, dreams of retiring at bloody Yamber on the East Coast, mate. <laughs> Gone for me. So yeah. take, I guess, take us through. Um, yeah, I guess the, I guess the, the challenges yeah. and pressure of being an underground manager, and and Gwali is by no means an easy joint to do it. Just for the the sheer size of it's not like a little narrow vein gold mine with one jumbo running through it. It's a very a lot going on to like well, take us through what you learned in that role but yeah certainly learned a lot it was um um so when i got there we were still in the i guess the fairly early stages of the qualia deeps development so we, you know we were developing the the hoover decline yeah uh down to the Gual to kick off the qualia deeps um and so it was a there was a lot of pressure on as far as um, the development development advance, getting that yep. decline down there um, in the in the time you know when it needed to be. Um, but you know, in terms of pressure, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. We had a good team of people, and I you know I was I was working under people like you know Shane McClay, Dan Donald, yep. and um, um, so some you know good team of people there yeah um that i was working with and you know the other technical guys as well yeah um but there was a lot going on we you know as well as the uh, the decline development there was a lot of infrastructure um work happening so we um 
we put in a major return air rise that was like 800 meter by by five and a half meter return air rise which was sort of one of the bigger ones that yep. been done at the time yep. um and then the um you know there was the plant rebuild going on uh we put in the fridge plant paste plant yeah power station um a lot of lot of infrastructure work that um i certainly hadn't been exposed to before yeah yeah and Um, because it was it's that that guali and deeps because that's a with a obviously it would have been pretty challenging with the heat and size missing yeah especially well the the, um the heat was was a challenge during the development stage and before we sort of got the primary system up and running there was yeah. you know obviously developing pretty hard and um yeah the, the secondary event at that once you know at depth became a challenge yeah yeah um, so it was and the fridge plant that was on the sur- chucked on the surface on the surface it, yeah and then, yep. yeah and um yeah so drawing the chilled air yeah, underground. I was, I was yeah. just talking about refrigeration. I, I having a yarn to a bloke that done a lot of work in South Africa and that, and it's just you talk to the like how that because these guys are two and a half k's deep and stuff over there, and just talking about the refrigeration that they use over there, like the actual refrigeration plants are actually underground, and mm. like there's joints yep. that like pump ice down the hole in these basic pipes. It's just a hole. Yeah. It's just a whole nother world over there because you, you look at... Cause so what was Gwali? I think what's it, it's down about 1.8 or something now, isn't it? Something like uh, that around about. About one, yeah, thereabouts. Thereabouts, yeah. yeah. And you listen to these like, how the hell? And that's just considered like unbelievable in Australia. And that's like, that's nothing compared to what yeah. they're doing in South Africa yeah. and, and all that. It's, um, yeah, it's it's uh, very unbelievable, that bloody bit of... That refrigeration so important, and everyone talks about yeah. oh, the refrigeration only drops it by three degrees. I say, mate, it's a when, you're, when you're at that face, that yeah. three degrees it's is unbelievable. Like, it's not exactly like sitting under the aircon at home, but no. um, it, but I know, I know, like we we also, during the time I was at CSA in Cobar, we put in a fridge plant there, so it was yeah. a it, it's another deep, very deep mine, and uh, yeah. we you know we had, um it, it got very hot there and. It, and then we we installed a uh, refrigeration system, and I remember when that was commissioned. It was um, yeah, you're only talking a few degrees, but it's certainly a big difference. Yeah, at, at the face. Yeah, yeah. And look back on the <coughs> your underground manager side of things at Guali. Like oh, I've just got so much respect for people that in those roles that the. You got, you got every bastard whinging to you and coming to you and thinking, right, oh, Evan's got the answer. He's the underground manager. I'll just go hassle him after you've been hassled by 20 people <laughs> prior to that. Um, how, how'd you go keep, well, I guess keeping your shit together is the, the best way to put it. Were you pretty, oh, look, I guess, it, were you, you know, built for it got, the job? It, you know, obviously it gets busy, but um, but like, like I said before, we had a good team of people at at, um, at Gualia. So we, you know, um, um at the at the senior management level within tech services and then also um operationally you know we um at the time we had barminko um doing the mining there and you know they had um they had good people um good people involved you know operators and supervisors and so on so um you know it's not like um it's not like as the underground manager, you're sort of you're on your own. There's, yep. there's plenty of people there, and uh, yeah, it get, gets busy and stressful at times. But um, 
on the whole, I'd say um, it, it, it wasn't too bad. You sound like you handled it pretty bloody well, mate. Oh, God, I just, yeah, as I said, so much respect and envy the people that yeah, that take those roles on. It's just such a such a high-pressure job. Like, you, well, I guess you... It's uh, the the performances of the mine is up to you every day, like and overseeing, and not just the performance operationally, safety as well. Um, I guess what, reflecting on your time there, what would you would you look back and say? Oh, I guess stuff you've learned in your latter career that you wish you'd probably apply back back in the day, or you? I guess you're pretty pretty happy with your performance there by the sound. Oh, so look, you, there's always like something anything, you yeah, learn. Yeah, I think you yeah. know. As you, you, yeah, I'm sure if you went back and did it now, you'd do things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess the important thing is, we, you know, you, there's certainly plenty of times when you, um, you're you not real sure what to do. Yeah. Um, but usually you've got people around you that help you mm. sort of make those decisions. And uh, Well, you're just mad to try and do it all yourself. No yeah. person, unless you've got... 60 years experience or even if you got 40 years experience you still stuff you don't know it's, yeah uh, that's right and as you said it's just the importance of having that good team around you people to bounce ideas off and talked about with tristan talked about with so many people just and one one bloke can't do it all and better to get 50 50 people in a room with a plan in front of you and like there'll be god even it could be some random bloody surveyor or geo with two years experience could come up with something like yeah that's a bloody good idea isn't it yeah because gualia was a very team orientated environment and i've spoken to people that worked there prior yeah and i think yeah and even um you know when it comes to the uh operational sort of matters underground you know yeah the majority of those issues can be solved by the guys that are working down there every day yep they they know how to deal with most yeah, a lot of issues. So a lot of times, it's just a matter of, you know, talking to people and um, talking to the people that are sort of doing that type of work every day yep. and yep. coming up with something. Well, this will probably you've probably answered it already. But like, what's um, let's say oh, I'm sure there's guys, especially with the upturn at the moment, there's probably a lot of like uh, engineers out there that are just about like going in as new underground managers, alternate managers. Uh, based on your time in that role have you got any advice you want to uh offer them to i guess help them through uh and it probably doesn't have to be technical but it's uh just a as you said it's a pretty high pressure pressure environment and you sound like you kept your shit together pretty well during it what advice have you got for them mate oh gee um i'd i'd say um you know you use use other people yeah to, to to bounce ideas off and and to sort of help you um come up with the solutions because uh you won't you won't solve everything yourself yeah um and you'd be mad to try and, i guess yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah look i, I that sounds have, good enough to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i guess we're driving that home as much like even you get 20 people in the room with 10 years experience each. There's 200 years of mine experience. I think my maths is right. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be mad don't you use it, mate. Yeah. So then um, I guess where'd you... I guess then the, the journey into into Entech and which now you're running R Vista. So how, how long... I guess once uh, once Macca got the bloody boot driven into him and uh, <laughs> went to work in his daycare centre for a couple of months and started mm. Entech. Um, yeah. So you come on pretty... 
on board pretty quick. He was your. Yeah, well, uh, he's like, right, oh, Evan, you're coming with me. <laughs> yeah, I think it was sort of a day or so after Shane finished up at Gualia. He, uh, we were talking and he asked what I was up to and I said, I don't know. I said, you let, let me know what you're doing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, once once he had NTEC up and running, then, um, yeah, I, I joined as sort of, sort of the first full-time employee. Yep. Um, founding, think, founding employee, I guess. Yeah, I think... Number one, number I think, one employee besides well, him. Well, I think, I think Gav, Shane's old man, might have beat me there. Oh, right. Was, I think yeah. he got put on a... Yep. Job or two before I turned oh, up. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how'd you how'd you go transitioning from? Oh, I guess you you'd done the residential before from over east, but how'd you how'd you go transitioning from the FIFO to the? I guess your 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 office based West Perth style of things. Yeah. No. Look, it, it, uh, it worked out all right for me. You know, I was, um, uh, especially you know. Sort of not long after that that I sort of got married and um, you know got family now, so it sort of works out works out yep. pretty well like that. But um, I didn't, yeah, I certainly don't miss the FIFO. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, the, my missus said when I go away for a week, she's just like, "Can we swap?" She says, "I just want to go away for a week and not get woken up by a baby and get me dinner cooked for me." And uh, it makes you appreciate that. Look, even though the firefight is hard, it's it can't be any better than it is in terms of how, how good you get looked after there and, and, and continuity of sleep and no babies in yeah, your room. I know, you yeah, might have a few blokes drinking pistols eight o'clock out the front of your room, but other than that, yeah. she's, uh, she's <laughs> no, it's not too, yeah, that's right. It's not, uh, yeah, it's, it's not too hard to, to take, but uh, yeah, if you're the other half left at home, yeah, it'd be uh, a bit tougher, I think, yeah. Now, when you, I guess when you come on board with Macker and Entec, uh, from undergrad manager and engineering background, did you think a few years down the road you'd be uh, running a survey department for Entec, which is now called R Vista? Was uh, take us? Is this a bit? Um, yeah, that was, wouldn't that, have expected this. Up. No, that was <laughs> that was that just happened. Yeah, what yeah, Macker say the, says we're going into survey and you're running it. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, it was it was sort of about 2000 and 2012 13 you know these um, it started with the aerial surveying so um, we these sort of some of the first commercial first sort of drones that were sort of built for surveying applications became available and we thought geez that'd be bloody handy for some of the uh, mining stuff that we do get get a decent topo um, for you know feasibility study or yeah. you know whatnot and um so we we looked into it a bit further and one thing led to another and we decided to kick off um uh our vista survey business so it started off as um as a as a company providing aerial surveying services with with drones for aimed at the mining industry yep um we employed uh Lindsay Wilson as our first surveyor. So he's a he's an underground mine surveyor and um, yeah. gave him a job flying drones and he's still with us today. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, that was that was about two thousand thirteen. Yeah. And uh, since then um, it's 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 grown a bit and we we're still doing still doing a lot of the aerial 
surveying for mining. Um, but we also do conventional underground and open pit um, mine surveying as well. Yeah. Um, and what the, the drones in 2013, I guess they've a lot of technological advancements to yeah, what so they it are started, today. Yeah, yeah. We, um, um, they're a lot more expensive back then. So, you know, we're, we're sort of using these little uh, Delta Wing drones that were about 40 grand each. Um, the Eagles loved them, so we, yeah. we had... Uh, <laughs> We, we had probably five or six of them really destroyed by uh, by wedge-tailed eagles. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're expensive to repair and it's just, uh, yeah, but since then the the equipment's improved greatly and costs have come down a bit. But um, What, do you I've, put some bloody rat spray or something, to bloody the uh, wedge-tailed eagle deterrent or something yeah. on these? Uh, <laughs> oh, nothing, yeah, you can't deter them. That's, yeah. yeah, no, but we... Uh, yeah, no, our Vista uses mostly the, the uh, multi-rotor drones these days, which uh, the, the Eagles don't seem too interested in. Yeah. Um, but over the over the last sort of six years or so, um, yeah, our Vista's come a long way with the aerial surveying and uh, um, really nailed down some good workflows and um, good methods of, of doing things. One thing that we're doing a lot more of now um, is, is really... Um, really detailed 3D models of open pits, which we can use uh, for um, mapping of structures. Yeah. Uh, for you know, geotech uh, mapping. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, in in some of the recent cases, some of the recent jobs, um, they've been able to actually drill less geotech holes or, or, or get away with not doing geotech drilling at all yeah. um, in the case of you know cutbacks to um, existing uh, historic pits and so on so we can we can do a really detailed model do the structure mapping yeah. from that um, it's it's pretty pretty impressive stuff so that's, yeah well like when i came in last time when i interviewed macker it was you you did show me that and i just couldn't get over the detail it, it literally just looked like and this is it's it it would just look like a, de- a photo you'd take on a bloody slr camera it was just it's unbelievable the mm. detail of it and as we truzo was saying before well i guess that one of the big advancements is having the i guess the processing power of the modern day computer now to to process these yeah the data out of that I'll that's just right think yeah we massive. can we can that's right i mean now uh, you go back five or six years ago we wouldn't have really been able to process that yeah. Um, too easily. Um, and these days, we're you know we're doing those sort of pit modelling surveys and, and other quite large topo surveys and processing them really quickly. Get you know turning them over, uh, getting the the data to the clients in you know within you know a lot of the time within a couple of days. Yeah. 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 And how would you go? How would you go with like just. Was it, it was obviously such a foreign field when you would have got into it, this aerial survey side of things. It's um, Did you have to learn much about the, I guess, your theoretical surveying side of things, like your, your surveying 101? Or was most of it, most of our vistas been based around the aerial survey? Well, initially side of it was things? based, uh, yeah, it was initially sort of all the aerial stuff. It did, it, you know, obviously it was, it, there was a bit of a learning curve there and we uh, battled our way through but um uh i I guess i had 
some basic knowledge of um, of uh, surveyor. Well, I certainly wouldn't call myself a surveyor, but yeah. um, well, you got having, plenty of having, to ring to, I'd reckon. Having, <laughs> having worked with surveyors, yeah. you know, for years, I, I, I sort of I know the words to throw around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chuck a bit. Just say <laughs> traverse or something, and yeah, they'd yeah. like, yeah, well, this guy knows what he's talking. About. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now with the, I guess the underground. A lot of this, well, I guess the technological advancements we've seen with drones and everything are very surface orientated. And, but unfortunately, I think underground is a lot, there's so many more limitations, especially with GPS and, and yeah, everything, well, get, getting the data out of underground. Like there, there's been a lot of advancements in like your processing speed of your CMS. So I think I when I first started at Paulson's, like I remember they'd go in and it was 40 minutes to, for, to do a CMS and now they've got the underground CMS tools, just rip them out in no time. But have you, I guess, have you explored the avenues of this drone technology and getting it underground or has this been yeah, look, it's something already? It's, it's something that I've, um, have had my eye on for the last couple of years and, um, just sort of, I guess, watching that space at the moment there. So, um, yeah, so the, the challenge with drones underground is GPS and the fact that you don't get it underground. <laughs> so, um, um, without the GPS, obviously the, G- the drones can't, um, navigate easily. And if, uh, if you're relying on a human to fly a drone underground, then you're going to last about two minutes. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but there, there are there is uh, some new technology out there. People people are working on this at the moment. Um, there are some early systems now that um, with that are um, that use laser scanners um, and can use that scanned data to navigate. Okay, uh, so, so it's pretty like scans like. As in saying, there's a wall there. Don't bloody fly towards that. Is, is that's well, that yeah. So both well, it's, it's a sort of a bit more than that. So it's collision avoidance, um, yeah. but also um, getting a bit smarter than that, and um, and using using the data uh, to to actually navigate with as well. Yeah. Um, so I can conduct some an automated or semi-automated flight. Um, so. There is technology um, available now, actually, that can, that can can do that. But it's it's you know it's it's, it's early days. Yeah. Um, it's pretty high cost, and uh, it's you usually not... don't want to be first, do you? You no, want to no, wait no, to no, see them butter uh, it up and get in later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very. I think at at, at the moment, yeah, it's like buying the first flat screen telly. So, um, yeah, you, yeah. it's. Uh, um, we're just keeping our eye on that. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But just certainly over the next couple of years, there'll, there'll be some really good um, improvements made in that underground space, I think. Yeah. And where, where, like underground specifically, where do you think the biggest application for drones is going to be? I think just, um, I, I just think, um, you know, your typical stope survey. So, yep. you know, these days, we like you say, we stick a CMS in a stope, but that's... Um, that's quite limited in terms of uh, you know you can only well, you stick got your shadows. It, it's, and it's, a, it's a scanner on a boom which you can only stick so far into a stope. Yep. You've got um, you know you've got surveyors that need to be virtually right at the brow of a stope, yep. which is not ideal. Um, 
uh, and then you've got shadowing issues and so on. So if you could, um, if you could be, you know, 50 metres back from the stope and fly a drone in there, go up and down a little bit and fly back yep. out again, that's, you know, you got, the data you're going to get out of that would be so much better than CMS and you're just yep. removing people from that um, away from the void altogether. Well, it's a, oh, I guess it's the most hazardous part of the mine, usually a stoke brow. Like that's it's, it. Uh, yep. Yep. Big holes going off and shaking the ground. and But, yeah, as you <clears> said, just that having that detail to get rid of that shadowing, like, because there's... And, that shadowing, especially when you're drilling like uh, adjacent stopes and everything like having there, the, the more detailed that CMS is, you might be reducing drill meters or so yeah. so many avenues yeah, having it. that are more detailed. Because unfortunately, you look at a CMS sometimes like, well, that's that's gospel, that's a CMS. But you, as, as you know, you get a bit of a knack for seeing where the shadow is after a while. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't always capture everything. I can see. Well, you won't have any wedge-tailed eagles in there. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, you just got uh, yeah, you got other issues. You have got darkness and dust and yeah. Well, humidity. that's that's the well, and that's the other thing with um, like you, all your CMSing uh, devices. You see when they, especially the. Uh, the borehole, what are they? What was it called at Canningham? Cows, cows, it was called, yeah. Yep, yep. And as you said, just especially if the brows are choked, um, there's just such a build up of dust there, and it can't, you just can't get your survey. It's just you chuck it down there and get bugger all. What's the, I guess, what's the, what's the way around that at all? Nothing. Get rid of well, the dust, is the, there? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 these sort of early, like, um, drone mounted laser scanning systems for underground are um um still they don't overcome all those issues you know they um they don't really operate properly if it's really dusty yep. or if it's really you know wet um the you know at the moment you still need to use a drone that's a reasonable size um yep. which is not ideal underground um so they're all the challenges that you know need to be resolved over oh but just getting the thing down there as you say like you're driving down in a unit and bumpy environment with this bloody tens of thousand dollars machine you're trying to get just to get it into the stope is the challenge then trying not to have it collide and then obviously obviously you got shit falling off the crowns and yeah, <laughs> everything yeah. trying to yeah. trying to take it out but um oh it's just i guess watch watch this space i guess it's yeah um, that's it yeah it's early days and uh but there's certainly stuff happening under, for, as far as underground drones go, so it'll it'll definitely happen. Yep, um, yep. yep. And the is there because when we say like G, GPS is the, the God, if that was underground, then life would just be <laughs> so yeah. much so much bloody easier. And they'd just be. Do you think something's just going to come out of left field that's going to solve this GPS issue, or is it it's um, yeah, there's no, there's no way to penetrate the rock, I reckon. Well, like I say, they, you know, they, some of the systems now, they're, they're working on that navigation issue by yeah. using, uh, getting around it in other ways. But, um, yeah, take, is it all take, based take, to, take people smarter than me to work that yeah. out. <laughs> and is it all based to essentially referencing a point at the surface and back calculating the line, everything up? Oh, yeah, I assume it would be, yeah, as I said, I was bloody, I'm probably out of my depth here, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's. I think these systems are basically uh, navigating relative to a sort of a starting point. Yep. Uh, but yeah, look, I 
Don't, don't ask me too much detail, Matty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I reckon we both sound pretty smart. So, yeah. bloody, yeah, why not? Yeah. So, what's, um, yeah, what are, I guess what else do, does our Vista provide, mate, the, as a, as well, a we service? Well, we do, you know, it's, it, it's not just the aerial surveying. We do, um, we do you know, your run of the mill, uh, open pit, underground surveying. Um, we, all, of our, all of our guys are mine surveyors. Um, so a lot of our jobs involve um, a mix of both. Like I've got, uh, as we speak, a couple of guys are up on a mine site doing um, uh, an aerial su- survey for a um, for a where a tailings dam is going to be constructed. Oh yeah. And yeah. then we'll be doing the um, we'll be doing the surveying for that tailings dam construction as well. So yeah. you know it's a bit of a mix of aerial mine surveying, engineering surveying, and so on. So the, um, the mine surveying, are you like feeling, doing a bit of like day-to-day work where people are short like surveyors? And yeah, they, yeah. So the, the, under, the, the mine surveying is typically, con, you know, short-term contract yep. type work. Um, yeah, fill-in work. Yeah. Um, so what, can you can you get on a theodolite yourself now, mate, and uh, do the, if that's the mate, lingo, I, can, you, can no, you go down and uh, I wouldn't, talk the, I wouldn't, walk the I, walk as a surveyor? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no, I um, I wouldn't know how to turn a jigger on, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, so no, I I leave that to the surveyors. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Yeah, I'll go there. You can't help but uh, love the variety, I guess, mate. Coming from a, I guess, a street like you, you did your textbook underground mining engineering sort of pathway, and then. Um, just the i guess the variety you wouldn't see yourself uh i guess you're probably enjoying the variety after that many years of doing that and being an underground manager and yeah that's right um you know so like like i was saying before certainly not something i'd planned on doing the the uh the vista thing but um uh yeah it's good just to have variety get get involved in 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 different areas yeah yeah so, because you're part of, um, I was just talking to Trezor, you're part of uh, Macca's long-term service leave, long, long-term ser- long service leave issue. You're one of the, <laughs> you've got a te- testament to Macca as a, as a bloke and employer because you've all hung around on him too long now. He's got yeah. to pay his long service. He reckons he's yeah. going to go have a cash flow issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, now as running a business, running uh, Vista myself, I sort of understand now that that's... Uh, um, long service leave and all this stuff's a pain yep. in the ass. Yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Oh, so you'll be bloody. Uh, that's what I said. Truth. I was like, t- you'll be all there twenty years soon by the time uh, Macker will be yeah, retiring so by then. Well, yeah, I'll be. I'm. This is. I'm into my. Oh, I said, well, this is this. Uh, actually, this month. Actually, that would be today's, ten, the, be nearly today's ten. the second. It must be. Uh, could I, could actually be my anniversary today? I think nine years. Is he putting on some? He'd have to put some piss on for you. Yeah. I might hang around no, for I this. Might actually, yeah, it is. I'll go get a. I'll I'll take the second um, of yeah. It's a second of July is my yeah. It's nine years today that I since I joined. Uh, Intech. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'll just let him know. I'll go get the cart and the bush chooks and I'll bring him back here, mate. And we'll, um, yeah, yeah I'll, be, I'll be happy to celebrate <laughs> yeah. with you, mate. Yeah. Uh, no, awesome. Ever thanks so much for, um, yeah, giving us an insight on that. As I said, it's, um, it's, a, it's a diverse range of interviews we get to do here because, um, we, you're up. I'll just pause it. You might, you might need them. Trizzo's left his keys. Oh, they're mine. He's moving the AU. <laughs> 
Oh, God. Yeah, I, I love bringing the AU into West Perth. <laughs> no, also, yeah, as I said, buddy, uh, diverse range of interviews and uh, not by chance. It's like, right, these guys are ready. I'll interview them. We're on to this guy. There's uh, there's no methodical <laughs> no methodical bloody uh, order of uh, trying to keep a theme going here. It's good. We're going from engineering to surveying to jumbos to... Bloody God, who is safety and training all in the one week? It's good. No, it's fantastic. Uh, it's great to hear all the, you know, stories and what. Yeah. Oh, what people and, are up to, and ever and just realising the best thing about it, and the, having to get an interview like guys like yourself and like and guys like Macker and like everyone I've interviewed so far, the guys that have done so well for themselves, they're all just, they're just lads and laid. They're just normal. Like there's no like uh, everyone I've even got Billy Beeman lined up for uh next in a couple of weeks and it's just yeah, everyone's just been so willing to get on board and have been very grateful for it. It's um it's awesome. I'm having a ball. Yeah, it's good. You you're doing a it's a good thing you're doing, I think. It's, yeah, well, no, oh, it's very, all it's all good. leading towards this Discovery Channel um, TV show we're talking about, yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> right, oh, too easy. And thanks so much for your time, Evan. I'll let you. I'll, I'll stop interrupting the bloody production in the Entech <laughs> office and head on home, mate. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks very much, mate. And um, yeah, appreciate appreciate you coming in. Cheers. All right, cheers, Matty. Thanks, mate.